You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. They are ugly, but they're almost like along the lines of Merrill, Merrill which, machine. yeah, which people, for some reason, think like that's ugly. the outdoor look. The Merrill Moab. Yeah. Why would you ever want that? Moab but... Ventilator, the best-selling hiking boot on the market for the last 25 years or something like that. Because you're a like... geologist. Okay, <laughs> right. and recording. Sweet. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Today, Brandon Chase and myself are... Mostly uh, the gear. Mostly we talk about the gear. We need to talk more adventure. Yeah, we probably should. But this episode's about gear. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Shocker. um, We were just talking about how it's warming up over here in Ogden. and um, Not just the trailer, folks. Yeah. Outside. Outside. The... We're probably a month away from what becomes spring in Ogden. Um, the sun, yeah, the grass quick. starts going green a and month flowers come from out. Now it's stuff. almost St. Patrick's Day. Like, so yeah. close. A month and like a week. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, where I live over the mountain, we're yeah. still going to be buried in snow. Yeah, that's okay. But in Ogden, it's, it's going to warm up. And usually, so spring break, we're heading down, taking my family down to St. George. Uh, for spring break to do some hiking we're going to go to zion's national park for my wife's first time wife and kids have never been there so we're excited about that and so we're starting to think warmer weather activities a little bit still getting out skiing still getting out snowshoeing and enjoying that but now we're starting to plan in our heads for warmer weather and when i was in the shop earlier today i noticed the new hilleberg 2020 catalog yeah and um I haven't memorized that catalog yet, so I sat down with it to start memorizing. <laughs> and there's a there's one new tent uh, from Hilleberg that Which I'm doesn't happen super often. excited about. Yeah, they don't add tent. I mean, they usually they'll maybe add one tent per year, sometimes every other year. Um, but then all the tents that they make, they make a tent to be in their line forever. Like they make it. They don't to just last. throw anything out there to see if it'll stick. Right. They make a tent, like you said. And they to continue last, to yeah. make them and, and stuff. So anyway, there's one particular tent that I'm excited about that I want to talk about. But then I asked um, Chase and Brandon to come up with uh, a piece of gear that is coming out this spring or, or something that they're excited about for this new spring summer season. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I don't know what they're going to um it's a surprise yeah it is a surprise yeah i don't want three person i'm i'm looking up the uh 
The Hilleberg? The Hilleberg, because I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Well, I don't know why, because their names are so easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a cool tent. It was a trekking pole tent. Uh, oh, it's not even on their website yet. Well, crap. I'm going to have to come come back next week with uh, with that name. It's really not. There's some reviews about it online. I can't remember what it's called, though. But it is a trekking pole tent. It's the first one. Right, that they've done that's a trekking pole tent? Yep, exactly. Let me just look under all tents and see if it's under there. Uh, I would have thought they would have had it on their website by now. Um, sorry, this is... I should have this, this is supposed to be done before we I start the podcast. I should have this ready, yep. Onion. Oh, yeah, it's not on their website yet. Okay. Well, shucks. That's too bad. Um, it's Don't really go cool. Go to their though. website. Come to Gear Thirty. Come to Gear Thirty. I'll show you. We'll show you the tent. Um, but it's a really cool tent. I'll I'll describe the tent. So it's a trekking pole tent, right? Two trekking poles set up on on either side of the tent, and um. So if you only trek with one pole, that's a problem. That's a problem. You have to have a stick or a, tie it from a line to a mm. tree or something like yeah. that. Um. So the pole set up on, uh, let's say you and the other person, it's a two person tent. You and the other person are laying, um, north and south. Then the poles would set up east and west in the middle of the tent. So they're essentially like at your hips, like at hip level. And, uh, and it's just kind of your traditional, almost an A-frame looking tent, but the vestibules, uh, go out over the, over the, uh, openings, on the sides of the tent or of, on the sides of the pole man i'm doing a crappy job explaining this um but you've got an inner tent and an outer tent two two layers just like their normal tents and uh, the inner tent is a combination of mesh and uh ripstop nylon and you got your normal bathtub floor that's super that's heavy duty um and the thing that i really like about it is it's it's a little bit heavier than your ultra ultralight tents from like Big Agnes or some of those other companies, but it's still it's like the burly, in the world. right? Still burly, but it's it's still really light. It's three pounds, three pounds for two people, roomy, uh, roomy inside the tent, roomy two roomy vestibules, two doors. It's pretty darn awesome for the weight, and you can set you can use that fly in a bunch of different arrangements. So you can have the vestibule rolled up so you can get some good airflow um, you can fold the fly in half so you get some shade on one end but it's open to the breeze on the other end you can um, you know you can guide out you can use the fly by itself you can do it just a bunch of different things with it and it's really versatile tent lightweight but you keeps the flies you're a fan out. of the lightweight stuff well yeah and, uh, but I like the heavy-duty stuff, too. The thing I don't like is when I don't like buying tents that feel like they're disposable. Mm-hmm. You know, you might spend $300 on it or 400 or 500 in some cases. But you get, like, you know, 10 nights of use and you feel like, oh, it's about time to replace this tent. Fall apart. And, and there's a lot of tents out there. I won't mention names, but there's a lot of tents out there that are getting so light that it almost feels that way. Yeah. I don't want to feel like my... Like, if I'm going to spend good money on a tent, I want it to last. With that said, I don't like carrying eight-pound tents. I do it often. I have done it 
many times. So we've got a four-person Hilleberg with a big vestibule um, that, I, that we use for our whole family, and it's a four-season tent. It's eight pounds. And for four people and a dog, for all seasons, that's a pretty light tent, but it's still eight pounds, right? It's still a heavy tent. So um, I don't like, I, I would love to carry a much lighter tent, and this tent, uh, it's it's light, three pounds, it's versatile. Have you seen it pitched yet? In uh, person? Not in no? person. Okay. Chase Just has. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. At, at outdoor retailer, when it's pretty cool. <laughs> when they came back from outdoor retailer, I asked if there was anything cool, and the, and um, both Mark and Chase pointed out that tent, and they seemed real excited about it. Yeah, it's. I mean, Greg did a pretty good job. At, I'm just looking it up right now, um, but Greg did a pretty good job at explaining the tent, and it's just interesting that Hilleberg is getting into the trekking pole tent side of things. Um, they're so known for their burly, just weatherproof, windproof, stormproof, everything proof tent. Um, and you don't think of that when you think of a trekking pole tent. When I think of trekking pole tent, I think of the Scout UL from Big Agnes or just like the, a, a tarp tent or something really, really lightweight um, and not very protective from the elements but you're getting like the best of both worlds now. It's not the lightest tent out there, but you're getting the ease of setup. You can shed weight other places. You can take tracking poles instead of tent poles now. And you have the typical really burly design of a Hilleberg. Um, still has their perpetual lifetime guarantee. And the way that they stake the tent out, it's just very, very um, weatherproof. Again, when just holds up really well to the elements, you can tell how it's designed. And very um what's the word um burly burly is a good word not <laughs> the word i'm looking for though um, well, you can use it in a lot of different scenarios versatile versatile, versatile. Yeah. yep um it's a cool tent i'm really excited to to get it and set it up and what's the price of that one do you know let's see because hilleberg's not cheap i mean they're nope. going to be a little bit more expensive however this particular tent might compete with some of the very expensive lightweight tents from uh the other brands yeah on price yeah because i was just looking up the big agnes um trekking pole tents they've got the scout carbon um which i'm looking for a price here it's probably really expensive because it says carbon in the name we've got the scout one platinum for 350 the scout two platinum for 450 the Scout 2 Carbon for 700 Ooh, well that's a big jump. Yeah. Now, no doubt those are, things are super light. Um, oh, they've got the Onyx Tarp Carbon, the, which but is our, 500 Our uh, thru-hiker friend who, who tried to use that just... They're, it, they're it a little too... Fell apart. Yeah, they're a little too... Too light. Too light for burly use. Maybe. Yeah, because they're using yeah. Dyneema for their flies. And the problem with Dyneema... Um, it, you know, it's the strongest, lightest material on the market. Um, but the reason why that Hilleberg doesn't use Dyneema and they've tested it, they've tried it out and they've tested it when it stretches, it doesn't rebound. Mm. So what they were finding is they would make their tent out of this Dyneema fabric. And it was super lightweight and packed really small and it was pretty awesome. And then they would set it up in a windstorm and because they would get in this nasty gale force wind, 
the fabric would stretch one way and then not come and back, not come back. Yeah. and then the tent was ruined because it wouldn't set it wouldn't set up right and um, the strength of the tent was compromised so you, you kind of need to keep that in mind they Hilleberg has tested all of these tents all, all of the tent materials the Dyneema the uh, Cuban fiber which is essentially the same thing as Dyneema um, all the different poles carbon poles and DAC poles and all the different poles and all the different fabrics and they've used what they found to be the lightest most durable most reliable fabric that has kind of all of those things together yeah the lightest for the application that's going to be the most durable and the most reliable and so consider that like there's a lot of tent companies coming out with some really cool stuff and i i remember seeing that big agnes got for their carbon fly creek carbon whatever it was um, they got like gear of the show at OR and yeah. stuff like that. And everybody was going crazy about how light it was and how awesome it was. And Bryden took it out on the CDT and had to replace it within like two one, days. One day. One day. One day one it day. broke. Um, and, and he's not rough on gear. Like, well, he set a tent up before. Let's just right, say that. that. that yeah. I guess that's Maybe what like, I Maybe like, I don't know, several hundred times. Yeah, <laughs> every night for a summer. And so if. And, and the other tents he set up, they weren't. Old, they weren't heavy duty tents. They were ultralight Z, tents Z as well. Z pack, tarp tent, right. Nemo's. So it's not like he didn't know what it was you like. Just, to you set just up have it. to be careful. Yeah, because if you're buying something to keep you dry in it, and it could potentially uh, life or death situation, and it gets cold and wet in the mountains, uh, you really do want your tent to protect you. And so, whether that's a few more ounces, that's probably you would pay for that, and you would. Um, be okay with the weight on that as long as it held together right so exactly um yeah it's interesting and hilleberg knows that right and they're like well we'll use the lightest materials without compromising your safety right so looking at the tents it's the anaris the anaris the anaris from hilleberg and it retails for 5.95 so yeah pretty I was gonna say that's a pretty good price point for Hilleberg. Well, it's cheaper for, <laughs> than the carbon from Big Ag, um, but yeah, it's yeah. So five, what was it? Five ninety five. Five ninety five. Yeah. So the Scout Two Carbon is seven hundred, and it says a one hundred percent guarantee. What does that mean? Hundred percent guarantee is a two that person, it's gonna right? fail. Um, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Chase the Anaris two person. It's, yes, yeah. it is two. And a roomy two-person, two-person, mm, oh yeah. comfortably inside, big. plus two big vestibules. Yeah. Two doors, two vestibules. Totally. The Scout 2 Carbon is super light. Like, it's 11 ounces trail <laughs> weight. One pound packed weight. That's with everything in it. But think about this. It's a Cuban fiber bag, essentially, that you prop up with. There's no vestibules. There's, um, you know... It, use your trekking poles to set it up so you've got some stakes and you've got a cuban fiber bag for 11 ounces which sounds pretty sweet and i'd be all for this if i saw this and i didn't know bryden's experience i would be like sweet sign me up get me one i i want to try that out but knowing what i know about cuban fiber and i'm a fan in certain applications um you get in a bad weather with this and that stretches a little bit and it's just not you know, it's better, probably better if it stretches on a trekking pole tent than on a tent that has normal poles because that, mm. that'll really kind of screw up the tent. But 
Anyway, um, I'm really excited about that tent. A three-pound Hilleberg that's a com comfy for two people, solid in three seasons, uh, quick to set up, really versatile. Sign me up. I want one. All right, Chase, what are you looking forward to? Oh, man, so many things. <laughs> um, so I had it in my – oh, yeah. I'm excited for the new Thermarest pads. Um, Thermarest has read com Coming back. Coming back, yeah. yeah. Thermarest. Exactly. <laughs> so we've talked about Thermarest earlier on in previous episodes. I don't know, probably like 100 episodes ago. <laughs> and I think we can all agree that when it comes to warmth, Thermarest has the best warming capabilities Um on the market you greg's talked about for, stories for where, the weight for sure for the weight yeah, yeah yeah greg's told stories where he goes winter camping and the snow underneath him's melting because his his pad is doing so good at at the snow underneath the pad is not melting is right? not, yeah yeah so yeah so when i use the thermarest the snow underneath the pad won't melt when i use the other brands it does melt because right? yeah because that foil is reflecting the heat back towards right. you and reflecting the cold back towards the ground um so they 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 do really good at warmth. They're lightweight. They're comfortable. Um, the one thing that they've been lacking, well, I can't say there's one thing that they're lacking. I think there's probably a few that we could pick out. But their valve. A lot of other companies mm -hmm. have passed them up because they have a better valve system. They have these the bags, the the pump sack bags that they're selling with their pads. That like the Nemo's and the Big Agnes. Nemo is Big Agnes kind of in my opinion, was one of the first ones to the, to the game with pushing the pump sack. Um, and now everyone offers a pump sack, but Nemo came out and they're offering their pump sack with their pad. So you can get a pump sack with your pad for the same price you can get a Nemo or a Thermarest at. But Thermarest, you're still just stuck there, blowing into it for a couple minutes after you get to camp. And Oh, the horror. You say, see, you say that, but when you get to camp, I, I hate it. And I love blowing oh up my, my pump gosh. sack, and it's done yeah. three times faster than my friends. Yeah, um, blowing up pads is now... So 2008. ...is the worst camp chore ever since gravity filters were invented. Exactly. Because filtering used to be, but that's not, not a anymore. thing anymore. Exactly. So, Thermarest has redesigned their valve... They can now accept a a pump sack. I think some of their pads are going to come with a pump sack as well. It's not an add-on, um, but you can always get an add-on. Um, is it is it a new like high flow valve? Yes. It's not just the normal valve that they just have a pump sack. That no, it's right? they completely redesigned their valve. Okay. Um, completely different valve. The valve. It's cool. I I remember looking at it being like, wow, dang, okay, sweet. This is the first time that Thermarest has stepped up their game in quite a few a years yeah maybe since the newer yep probably um so i mean, I mean they've tried with other things i just they've kind of whiffed a little bit mm -hmm. they're <laughs> exactly they're also the forefront of the whole r value change um the we've used this r value for so many years and the the r value was established by uh, who was it the, like the home oh yeah it's just it's how you you rate like the insulation of your home, home and right? walls and stuff like that. And there was no, I mean, it's it's great for your home, but it's hard to apply it into the sleeping pad side of things. It's not super accurate. Um, but Thermarest has set out to kind of recreate the R value and 
um, dial it down to the outdoor industry. And so they have, um, I, I'm talking and now Are they I'm forgetting. applying that to just their pads or their sleeping bags as well? Um, pads. Just pads. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they have a standardized, that's what I'm looking for, a standardized way to test our values. And Thermarest is kind of leading the pack and they have all the equipment to do it. And I don't, I want to say they partnered with rvalue.com rei <laughs> to make it happen probably yeah i think i people might be listening to this being like this chase dude has no idea what he's talking about but the fact is, the fact of the matter is they saw that our value was not standardized and it's not really applied to sleeping pads what does our value mean right and so they're trying to to add some some value to mm. the r value mm. um so that it actually makes mm. sense and so their pads, and then if you look at their pads compared to other R values on the market, they're the warmest for sure, especially when you bring in the weight consideration. Um, but yeah, this new valve, I think I'm really excited to see it, see how it sells. Um, we we have seen our Nemo cells, not our Nemo, our Thermarest cells, kind of slowly drop yeah. with Nemo and Big Agnes. Um, and drop because of Nemo. Because yeah. yeah, because of their innovation, and I think Thermarest is lacked innovation um but they're starting to to innovate and starting to to do some new things that are great so i'm excited to see those so i'm a backpacker so i have something that i need to ask chase about but before i do that i have a dad joke uh, here we go <laughs> greg um what do you do when you're addicted to seaweed uh, I, I know this one when you're addicted to seaweed? Yes. Can I answer it? Yeah. You see kelp. See kelp. <laughs> oh, sea oh my kelp. goodness. Sea yeah. kelp. Yeah. S-E-A. Right. Kelp. Okay, so backpacking season brings packs that we all love. So I guess before we jump to yeah. that, uh, I was just going to mention on the pads. Um, oh, I was jumping ahead. Well, um, Chase kind of wrapped it up before I could ask ask my question, so I blame him. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so one of my big frustrations, like you look at the Big Agnes or the Nemo pads or whatever, they try to give like a temperature rating mm-hmm. to the pads just so you kind of have an idea. This is a three-season pad versus four-season pad. Most of those pads say like 15 degrees is kind of the temperature rating. On all of those pads, whenever I have slept at 15 degrees with those pads, I have frozen my butt off <laughs> on those pads. Well, 15 degrees is cold outside. Right. And they say, yeah, this is a good three-season pad, 15-degree rating. I freeze my butt off at 25 degrees on those pads. Yeah. Now, I feel, I'm pretty comfortable on those pads at 40 degrees, 35, 40 degrees. But anything below zero or below freezing... Uh, those pads, those three season pads get a little chilly. Not so on the Thermarest pads. They're mm. three season pads, comfortable at 20 degrees. I've slept on the snow on their three season um, NeoWare pads, just the original NeoWare pads. I've slept on the snow and been much warmer and more comfortable than these other brands at like 30 degrees. So all I'm saying is that the other brands sell better for us and I like them. They're quieter. They pack small. They're easier to blow up and deflate and stuff. And I really like them for the right applications. But when it comes to the ex- more extreme conditions, I think the neo uh, the thermarests are better. 
the yeah. Neoers are better. And so that's been my big thing is Neoware, they haven't gotten as much love as, you know, some of the other brands. Definitely not in our sales. Our sales don't reflect it. And um, But I still think they're one of the best sleeping pads on the market. With that said, it doesn't bother me too much sleeping on a essentially what sounds like a potato chip bag. Um, it doesn't really bug me that much. I don't really notice it. I sleep better on a potato chip bag that I'm warm on versus yeah. a quiet pad yeah. that I'm freezing my butt off. So yeah. Yeah. I, I just throw that in because, um, because you know, they're... It's they hard ha- to sleep when you're freezing. They haven't been in a, as innovative yet. In my opinion, they've still made one of the very best pads on the market. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not... Their technology, for lack of better terms, better terms, isn't cutting edge. Yeah. But it's just kind of like fell proof and, and works. Yeah. Um, but and, I but I am excited to have a high flow valve that doesn't take forever to blow up or deflate. Oh, mm-hmm. That'd be it's sweet. It's like three breaths. <laughs> no, it is yeah. not. It's yes. not a climate pad. Like it's <laughs> yeah, like at least 20, like 25, 70 breaths. Twenty five breaths at least. And like when when the rep was explaining it to me, it's like as you explain temperature ratings, it's like, all right, this pad will keep you warm to fifteen degrees. Well, who's that person that says it's 15 degrees, right? And how do they standardize test that? Right. But the R value, um, though they... Should be standardized. It, it is. Yeah. And exactly. So it's like if your pad lets X amount of heat or cold transfer through at this level, then it's R3. And if it goes to this level, then it's R4. So it's very standardized. It's not one person like, well, I think it'll keep you warm between 15 and 20 degrees. So the standardized test, though it takes a little more thinking, like, okay, R4 is good for what? You know what it's going to be good for. And you know that it's a standardized amount of or temperature how to come through this pad at this this rate to be an R4. It's not just, it's going to keep someone warm at 15 degrees. So anyways, cool. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, back to yeah. us. Uh, are we bringing in the Mystery Ranch Ravine 50? I don't think so. <sighs> Dang it. Because I'm looking to downsize. I have a very nice Osprey, but it's a 65 or whatever. And I need one that's fits like more what I do, which is basically just weekend trips, um, not week-long trips or something. And so a 50 is plenty big. And Mystery Ranch I'm a fan of. I have a day pack and recently bought a luggage pack, like the has wheels, you know, yeah. the, the for Mystery Ranch, and I'm just becoming more and more of a fan of the brand. Everything they make is burly, overbuilt. Um, you know, they're not going to be known for their lightness necessarily, but they can make some light things. It's just built to last. The Ravine, which I hope we bring in. If not, maybe I'll have to order one. We're not. Dang it. Like order, but F. why get the Ravine when you can get the Terra Frame? Because I don't like the Terra Frame. You're what? crazy. It's the I best know. pack they've ever made. That's, I know. That's what you guys think. That's what um, we know. That's what you know. <laughs> so the reason I like the Ravine. I'm digging the Ravine. That's cool. Is it's clean. Like, it, it's clean. It's, like, yeah, it's not as fancy as your little terra frame thing. Um, oh, I just lost it. What the heck happened to it? Pack, pack, I like the look of this pack. Um, Ravine. I've never even heard of the Ravine. Oh, great. Well, see, this is why we do the show. So the Ravine Fitty. Why don't you want to go with the Stein or whatever it's called? 65 liters. It's too big. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. Fitty. 
I'll pack it out. If I have a 65, I'll put 70 <laughs> You'll in fill it, it in. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. This one is made for more your overnight um, three, two, three day, you know, your little backpacking trips. $250 price point. Um, made to travel. It's... Okay, okay. So the ravine I, is cute. It's cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. It is, it is cute. Yeah. Four and a half pounds. But, but you can get a terra frame, which is basically the same thing. But it has a terra frame back panel, and it's only two hundred fifty dollars <laughs> more. Only, only one hundred fifty bucks more. Isn't the terra frame four hundred? Yeah, yeah. And this two fifty. I'd rather only spend two hundred fifty bucks on a pack that I'm going to use all the freaking time. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I but the the three way zip I love. I have that's what the day pack is. I don't remember the name of the day pack that we carry in the shop, but it's the same three way zip. The, is the Y zip or whatever? Yeah, well, it's the same three zip as the the Terra frame. Uh, is the no? <laughs> it is. Okay. Uh, That's what it is. It's basically is the same pack as the Terra frame. Um, I gotta go find the Terra frame. It's like the Urban Assault though. Urban oh. Assault, yes. Mm-hmm. Which I love the Urban Assault. It's a bigger size Urban Assault, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I love my Urban Assault day pack, which I actually use for podcast gear, and it fits all all the things that I need. Very nice. Okay, so let me pull open this. Uh, I just didn't like the looks of the Terra frame, and the price is way more. I thought, well, for what I needed, that's not. No, I know. I don't want to pay that much, but. Uh, okay. Well, you'd have to, not the Terra plane. No, the Terra, the Terra frame. frame which is the other three zip. Yeah, that's a nice. Uh, see, that's a little too classy for me. Like that's the TerraFrame three zip fifty. Are we bringing that in? Yeah, we okay. are. Okay, hundred dollars more. Um, hundred twenty-five dollars more. Uh, hundred dollars more. Three hundred and fifty bucks. That's that's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, that's. I thought it was like four four ninety-nine. The TerraFrame eighty looks sweet. So that's the TerraFrame is a little more. I need to get the T one hundred actually. Built. It's built for more <laughs> weight. You can pack this TerraFrame out a lot. And it does have the load hauling overload feature for mountain use, meaning you can you can load it up. No, it's a nice pack. The the terra frame, um, the terra frame. Do all of the terra frames have the ability to kind of separate? Separate. Yeah. So I think that's awfully cool because you know if you're a hunter or you um, just want a really versatile pack, you can load that terra frame up with as much weight as you want. And you can detach the main main bag of the pack and strap other stuff in between the frame and that pack. Like your child. Like your child. Yeah. Or, you know, one thing that I'd really like to do, I'd, I'd like to get that pack for, to be able to throw it like a 50 liter dry bag in there um, for use for just um. uh, <laughs> haven't figured uh. out haven't figured out what I'm going to use it for yet but I want to do that no um but you've got a day pack a 50 liter or an overnight pack or whatever but then if you ever needed it you can throw no, you could if... turn it into a 100 liter pack and keep all of your your stuff essentials that you need waterproof throw them in a dry bag and strap so it in there. hunting is like it's practical perfect but hunting. if there's an emergency and your buddy is injured carry him out. spouse injured um or at least their pack you know like you could put their stuff and so they could at least walk out 
if you know without carrying any weight or something like right. um or or it is wide, big enough you could put your kid fasten them there if they were injured probably up to like a 10 or 12 year old depending on how big they are you know and how strong you are and how strong you are yeah, yeah which is so it's kind of like a built-in safety feature but if you're hunting or you're you're going in and you're expecting to haul say you're working on the you uh, went uh like they have a non-profit that goes in and cleans up the campsites and hauls the trash out you could fill up bags of trash and then use the terra frame to put in between yeah you know stuff like that would be cool so yeah i was interested in uh the other one the raven ravine the ravine 50 mm-hmm. it's a uh, cleaner little, little um yeah, it's it's not as robust as with the features, but it's a little smoother, faster for uh, weekend excursions. But those are two very um, well built packs, and I don't think you'd be dis- disappointed with either one of them. Mystery Ranch, when they they came onto the scene in Gear Thirty a year and a half, two years ago, and they have done really well for us. Um, yeah, my my Osprey pack is lovely. But it is big, so I'm looking at something. What smaller. size is it? 65. Yeah, Go I like, like a 38. It's perfect. You have a 38. That's what I use right now. The yeah. granite gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. like this Terra Frame 80. What are you hauling? A few bodies. All of my family's you're stuff. Ho- yeah, true. you're a four person, including my dog's bird. food. Man, <laughs> drives me nuts. Dog should be hauling his own food. I know it, but the problem <laughs> and is, the is <laughs> and the rum, and the rum. Every time, every time I get, we've put a dog pack on our dog because she's a bird dog. She has to be in the weeds and chasing birds through bushes and stuff. She she's worn a backpack once, and it was destroyed within like the first two hours. Of just like running through weeds rough and bushes wear. and stuff rough like wear? that. Yeah, it rough wasn't wear. a rough wear. It was a cheaper one. It was one that we actually borrowed to just test out. <laughs> well, and sorry. she destroyed it in no time. So I just thought, you know what? I'll carry your stuff, whatever. Like, I'd rather have her be able to just chase birds and, and make it back to us alive than have her get stuck in a tree or <laughs> under a rock or something with this backpack fastened to something and then Terra have to try to find 80? her freaking huge so i'm looking at the terra frame 80 so i've got the 105 liter osprey uh big pack the zenith and um it's at times I have not a 70 not i have the big zenith. enough maybe it's a 70 i have a big pack yeah yeah at times that 105 liter is not big enough like if i do a week-long trip with the whole family my kids aren't old enough yet to to carry their own stuff we did um, like three days, four days in the Uintas. And um, so my son took his little backpack and he essentially had his like sleeping bag. Like he a, had his sleeping like bag in bag, there. Right, kind of. He had a sleeping bag in there and a jacket. And mm-hmm. it weighed like three pounds or yeah. something, something like that. And, you know, half the time he was, he was, didn't want to carry it because he was already getting tired and just having something on his back psychologically was, was hard for him. Right. And then my daughter's even younger. She's three. And just getting her to walk is a chore. Like, she <laughs> wants me to carry her on, on yeah. my shoulders. Oh, yeah. And so... Yeah, but you kill your kids. And you push them, like, ten miles into the back country. <laughs> that trip was, like, three miles in. Come on. <laughs> okay, okay. We have done that, Three though. miles is pretty far. Um, so, anyway, so I'm carrying... My wife now, because our youngest 
walk slash I carry on my shoulders. Um, but my wife used to carry her, and then I'd carry most of the gear. Now we share the gear between the two of us, but I'm, my pack is still usually at least, you know, 45, 50 pounds for shorter trips and usually heavier than that for longer trips. And then half the time I have my daughter on my shoulders. <laughs> so add another 40 pounds onto that. And so um, I don't know what it's like to be going on an ultralight trip. That Well, that's not true. Last year, um, my wife and I did a, a Wind River trip, just the two of us. Yeah. And we went lighter weight. And so my pack was like 35. You went comfy light. Yeah, comfy light. It was like 35 pounds, 30 pounds, 35 pounds. It was nice. It was so nice. Um, But honestly, like the Zenith 105, it's big enough, but just barely. Mm -hmm. But when you load it up with, you know, 60 plus pounds, I mean, I'd like to think that there's a backpack out there that's, that can handle that comfortably it's a matter of can i handle that comfortably i guess um but i think the mystery ranch t100 is probably or the TerraFrame 80 is probably the only pack out there that's that can handle those types of loads very comfortably the zenith it it felt overloaded it felt like Mm. too much once i got over 60 pounds and um i'm trying to think i i replaced an arcteryx pack with the zenith and i would say they both carried pretty similarly once you got up you know 50 pounds is comfortable once you got over 60 it felt like the back pack was struggling the the hip belt wasn't quite heavy duty enough to be able to support that type of load and and other things and so anyway i want to get a monster mystery ranch for those week-long plus trips with the whole family and I was thinking the T100, but now I'm looking at this TerraFrame 80, and I think, okay, if I need more than 80 liters, I can throw a, a dry bag on there and, and have an even, you know, even more room. I don't know. Maybe. Still leaning toward the T100. We'll see. Chase, you have advice on that? Um, T100, oh, T100 is classic. The TerraFrame 80 is cool, though. Because then you've yeah, got a pack that's, that's 80 liters cool. yeah. that compresses probably better than the T100 does. So if you don't need 80 liters, you don't need 80 liters. But if you need 200 liters, you've got 200 liters. Right. <laughs> if I need 200 liters. Yeah. That's true. In case you find an elk <laughs> that you need to carry um, A Yeti. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. The, yeah, the, the T100, though, um, takes me back to the, the Astroplane days of... Um, of Dana Design. Of Dana Design, yeah. I I never had an Astroplane or a Terraplane. I did have a Glacier. Um, the Glacier was such a cool pack. That T100 is actually, enormous. <laughs> actually, I didn't have a Glacier. I had a Bridger. Mine was the Bridger, which was a little smaller than the Glacier. It's essentially the size of what the Stein is now. Okay, um, and yeah. I love that pack. That was such a good pack. And then I sold it. And I've regretted it ever since because that was a Dana design, like the real deal. So, well, that's that's a bummer. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to Mystery Ranch coming in. Yeah. Oh, Same. that's a that's a good call. So, uh, you were Mystery Ranch. I was Hilleberg, and what were you? Thermarest. Thermarest. So those are three like. Yeah, that'll get you out there. Those are yeah. three companies that you can you can put. Some Here's what I like in, about like, that too. So, um, the theme of um, the outdoor 
industry definitely is um, sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a political season right now, and one of the one of the candidates who was leading last night, social socialist, self proclaimed uh, socialist, uh, Bernie Sanders. Um, <laughs> so, what I got me thinking about. Um, not wasting what we purchase like what you know like i don't like to buy things that i don't need i don't i like to make a purchase and keep it for a long time right and the hilleberg and and the the thermarest mystery ranch Ranch will all be products that if you bought them you will get 10 years out of i mean the pad might be a little less but yeah but the tent and the backpack 10 years minimum out of like that is a, a non-wasteful right use of money um and you can't say that about all of the outdoor brands out there even the stuff that we carry that are good brands you can't say that about all of them because a lot of them really are meant they they have a useful a shelf life, life of of five years of but if heavy you're, use if you're trying whatever. to curb your consumerism but you're and you're looking out for sustainability um, buy if you just buy quality products because you want to go out there, you want to get out there, you want to be warm, you want to go camping. Buy good, buy quality products, and it will last for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And if if uh, this if you take this as a, a promotion of Bernie Sanders, that is not what this is. By the way. <laughs> I, I asymptomatic on politics <laughs> when, it, when it comes to this, this podcast, but when it comes to this podcast. Yeah. We are apolitical. We but, are not yeah. not uh, supporting apolitical. any one candidate. Candidate. Um, but I do. We're but def- I do feel I'm like definitely not supporting Bernie Sanders. Is what I'm saying. You're, I'm not, yeah, you're not. I'm not saying. I'm on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to say is, I I really consider the trends of of the industry and like what people are, how they're thinking, and yep. I don't want to be a hypocrite in the industry because we are, we have to sell stuff to survive. Right. We, and I think gear 30 where we could really succeed and do well is by selling quality goods, which is why we opened our, our shop, right. premier mountain equipment. And it fits into all of those themes where look, you want to get outside. You want to do these things. You do need, you need to carry your stuff. You need to sleep somewhere and you want to be safe. Um, but if you buy a quality product, you're helping the environment you're not over the long run spending as much money right uh it's it's kind of it's a kind of a win on on all things so you know what i love almost more than anything when i'm out in the back country and i see some old timer walking by with an old dana design pack or pack could talk like yeah (laughs) Yeah. that is he's been using it for 40 years or more like 30 30 plus years of regular backpacking and he's still using it because it still works. It still That's, works. I just, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Same with the Hillebergs. I was in New Zealand with my wife on our honeymoon 10 years ago. And um, we ran into these people that had traveled all over the world. They had a Hilleberg tent and it was in great shape. I mean, it looked almost brand new. And I was asking them about it because I loved Hillebergs back then too. And it was like five years old and had been lived in more like i swear they'd used it like more than half of the year Mm. for like five years they were traveling the world seeing everything and that was their tent that they used for everything in all conditions they'd been everywhere they'd been to iceland 
New Zealand, uh, Scandinavia, all through the Alps, uh, in Asia, South America, the U.S. They'd been all over in that tent, and it looked almost brand new. And I just thought, that's a tent they're going to have for the next three decades and maybe pass it on to their kids or whatever. But it's awesome to have products like that. There aren't many companies that make products that can do that. Nope. They really aren't. Nope. Even, not even the great products that we're pushing at Gear 30, not all of them can do that. Yeah. And so it's cool that there are still some It's worth companies. the money. Western Mountaineering is another brand that doesn't compromise on their quality that can do that. Hilleberg, Western, Mystery Ranch, Thermarest, um, and, and I would say the companies that make up Cascade Designs, which is Thermarest and MSR, MSR. and uh, Platypus and stuff, they're all kind of that thing. They make things to last, not to be replaced three years down the road. So that's yeah. a good point. All, all right. right. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today. We hope you and enjoyed this episode. And if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to click subscribe. Also, um, uh, share with your friends, please. We'd appreciate that. That helps uh, helps us grow, helps us reach more people. We, we love to uh, feel like we're... You know, helping people out, making a difference, helping them make good choices in their outdoor gear or just understand the industry better, understand what makes the, inter- the industry click. I, I have to say the outdoor industry is pretty cool in that, you know, not everybody in the outdoor industry is doing a great job at this, but generally as an industry as a whole, they are pushing the idea of uh, environmental stewardship uh, just taking care of what we have which is pretty cool yeah not all industries are doing that where most many most industries are driven by money outdoor industry is driven by money and and trying to take care of things and so that's pretty sweet yes and um so we like that we can kind of share some of those things that we've learned over the years with you and so anyway if you enjoy that type of stuff um, pass it on to your friends if you would um, you can follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero. Like us on Facebook and check out our website, gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. And uh, I, think that's, I think that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. Woo.